we are now into a month since John McNulty was fired at Boston College. And if you're like me, starting to get a little worried about this offensive coordinator search as BC has been going on and on and on without a name in place. On today's show, I'm going to look at what's the best case scenario. If, if Who's the dream candidate that could come down to BC? And then I'm going to give you the nightmare, the worst case scenario. All of this and more on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is AJ Black, editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Sports Network. Please subscribe to our YouTube page. And today's show, we are going to get into the offensive coordinator search because if you're like me, you're waiting. We're like, we're, we're tapping our watch, that Steve Austin meme over and over again. Like, when are they going to hire someone? What the heck is going on? Are they really going through you know, their list? And is it, is it already that big of an issue that they can't find somebody to, to fill this job. Now let's kind of review where we're at. Jeff Halfley fired John McNulty in the beginning of January. I think it was January 10th. We're on to February right now. If you're listening to this on Wednesday and there's still no na- new name. I, 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 I have been told that the, they are hoping to have a hire by early February. February 8th is, is, is on the verge of no longer early February. And so, you know, we have not had any names. And, and if you if you follow me, you know that I'm a guy. I'm an, I, I go, I run a site called Eagle Insider. I try to be an insider for you. There has been no news. BC has been airtight in terms of leaks. The agents of these coaches have been airtight. There's not been anything that has come out that has given us any glimpse of where BC is looking for this job. I have speculated. I have said that all along I expected BC to go with the Jeff Halfley try, tried and true uh, formula. And that's a two-part formula for him. One, they have – oh, three-part. They have to do a pro-style offense. You're not going to bring in a guy that's going to do air raid. I know some folks are hoping for some drastic new change in offense. Halfley has already said – he said it on uh, the ACC Network last week. He's not changing up this offense. Two – it has to be someone with NFL roots. Every coach he's brought on has had some sort of NFL root. There, he does not go for those college coaches that just run college systems. He's not going to do that. And three, it's got to be a coach that has connections to Jeff Halfley. Halfley has said over and over again in every hire, from John McNulty to Googs to Frank Signetti to Tem Lokabu, he wants guys that he knows, guys that he can trust. So, that has limited the pool. When you look at who he can bring in that, you know, we've thrown out names and none of them have come through. So, you know, you're, you're waiting. You're like, it, it, there's a couple things that you're thinking. Like, is he, is he, you know, it, are there coaches out there that just don't want to come to BC? It's not whether it's the money or his, um, his situation. I mean, Jeff Halfley's on the hot seat. Coaches may not want to stay, stake their, um, you know, their careers on that. That's a tough sell for a young coach. Or is that coach still coaching? Is it someone on the 
you know, is it someone on the Bengals or the Eagles? That could be a possibility. I haven't been able to make any connections on any of those coaches. The 49ers was the last team out that I thought had someone BC would be connected with. But I think, you know, we're at a point where we're just starting to look at, like, what's the best situation that can come out of all this? And what's the worst? So let's kick this off. I'm going to start off as a negative Nelly here. I'm going to start off by taking the Boston College perspective of a lot of fans that the, this is going to end up being a disappointing hire. This is the and this is not what I believe. This is just me taking different perspectives here. What is the worst case scenario for BC heading into, you know, hiring this offensive coordinator? For me, and this is not a knock on this coach the worst case scenario to me is 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 Steve Shimko. And it, and this is my reason. I'm sure he's a fantastic coach and I have no problem with him as the quarterback and tight ends coach right now. But what Boston College needs is a new set of eyes on this offense. They cannot bring in somebody that has already been part of this offense for 3 years because you're just going to get more of the same. You're not going to be able to really reinvent the wheel. You, I mean, look at what Dabo just did. Dabo just brought in a guy, uh, what was it, Streeter, Brandon Streeter, from his staff, and he tanked. BC shouldn't do that. And now Shimko, I, I've heard buzz. Not I've heard buzz, but I've heard his, some fans throwing his name around. I, I don't think this is the right move. Like, if you're going to hire someone on your staff, A, why would it take you a month to do that? B, why would you fire John McNulty to do that? And C, I mean, like McNulty, like say what you will, like if you're going to just go with someone on your staff, just go with the guy that you hired a year ago, get some continuity here and C, like, I I just don't see it with Shimko. He's not, he does not have an extensive uh, like career as a offensive coordinator. So this doesn't make sense to me. So the worst case scenario, the, the nightmare would be that we got a Pete Thamel tweet, you know, saying Boston College has decided to promote Steve Shimko to offensive coordinator. That would be that would be the worst case. The next on our list, I would say, is not the worst case, but still one. I, I it doesn't sit right with me. And that would be the promotion of Rob Chudzinski. And in a moment, I'm going to get into what I think about this hot, what he could have, he could bring. And there's positives and negatives. Why? Which is why if, if he's the name, and I've heard a lot of folks that follow, not follow BC, but fans saying that they've heard this and this, and I, I don't know what that is. I'm going to get into the positives and negatives of what would happen if BC hired Chud in 2023. So let's, before we do that, before we get into that, I want to talk about FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. All you have to do is download FanDuel right now and you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spread, so who will score a touchdown? Now, the, tomorrow, 
we have the game between Virginia Tech and BC. I think BC is going to have their second win against the Hokies. Team's playing very well on the road. You can get in on that money line up on FanDuel right now. Make yourself a nice little extra cash for uh, for the Super Bowl week. Head over to FanDuel. I'm telling you, it's it's what you want to do. They're an they have a beautiful app that's easy to use, super safe, and you get best of all, you get paid instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. Locked on BC, AJ Black. If you are listening to this right now, if you have not done so, you need to subscribe. To subscribe to Locked on BC on YouTube. Go to YouTube, find Locked on BC, hit that subscribe button right now you get daily bc podcasts you're not going to want to miss our episode when we talk about the new offensive coordinator so if you don't want to miss that hit the subscribe button right now and make sure you hit the little bell there too because that's going to get you all of your podcast episodes directly sent to you when we go live so you can join the comment section which is is buzzing right now all right so let's look at chud now chudinsky is a former NFL coach. He's a former college coordinator who brings quite a bit of experience to BC. Now he has been a special assistant to Jeff Halfley for the last three years. What does that mean? I mean, basically Jeff Halfley has said all along that he has struggled to uh, the, the offense is not his, his, his specialty. He's a defensive minded coach and Chud has been there to help him oversee the offensive side of the ball. I mean, he, you know, he has that time at Miami. He, he is, I think it's a perfect role for him. Now he doesn't recruit. He doesn't coach on the field. He just, you know, he's a consultant to Jeff Halfley. That's all basically he is. Now, if BC was to hire Chudzinski, would this be a good move? First of all, I don't think it's the worst move. He's a, 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 he's had, he, I mean, when he was at Miami, he had some pretty good offenses. So it's not like he's coming in and with, you know, big red flags all over the place. His NFL stint was bad, but there's tons of coaches that coached in the college football that had bad NFL experiences. I mean, you can go up to the list. I'm not going to name them all, but like, I mean, Steve Spurrier, Nick Saban, uh, you know, um, Urban Meyer, all of those guys, Chip Kelly, they all had terrible experiences in the NFL. So it's not that, you know, he's a guy that it's it's a huge red flag right there. That being said, my concern for Chud is that he hasn't coached in six years. And I honestly don't think, I think there's something to be said that he chose to do what he's been doing right now, which is just being an assistant to, to, to Halfley, to being an analyst, basically. He doesn't have to do all the road stuff. He doesn't have to go on the road. He doesn't have to do anything like over the top. He just goes out there and, and he, you know, he watches game film and, and gives advice. Why would you give that up? And I've heard, you know, there's buzz that he never wanted to. Um, and so I didn't. So football fan says Chud the Dud doesn't like to recruit. I didn't say he didn't like to recruit. I'm just saying that he's that he's found a, a cush position. I mean, why would he give that up? Chud, football fan said Chud the Dud. He doesn't like to recruit. Recruit. It's a deal breaker. We'll have to wait and see. Um, now Chudzinski 
again, though, just like Shimko has been part of this offense. He, his handprints are all over what we've seen over the last three years because he's part of the offensive game plan. He does help out in that situation. So he does have that same issue that I had with Shimko, which is why would you bring in a guy to run your offense that basically has been part of it if you really want to know what you're doing? It doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense. So those are my, my warning signs. So huge red flags for Steve Shimko, moderate warning signs. You know, Shimko is my worst case. Chizinski's in the middle. My best case scenario it is basically anybody else at this point. Honestly, let's be real folks. It could be anyone that has not been on this staff. At this point, that's what I want to see. I want to see someone who a has had experience as an offensive coordinator. That is a big thing for me. BC, this is such a crucial year for Jeff Halfley that he cannot afford to bring in a guy that's learning on the job. That's what my big issue is with me. If Christine is going to be the next offensive line coach, I'm worried about that. This team needs experience and they need it now. So this next offensive coordinator needs to have experience, but he also needs to be away from this program. He needs to bring in a fresh set of eyes. And I honestly don't care what changes he brings in terms of the offensive game plan, as much as that he's got to be able to say to Jeff Halfley, look, this is a different way of doing what we've been doing. We need to do this. That is what the dream case in terms of an offensive coordinator, the best case scenario would be. And I hope that BC is out there finding that name. And if it's someone we haven't heard of, but has a good offensive mind, that's fine with me. If there's someone that had, they, they need to, you know, if they have pro experience, that's, I would love to have college experience on their resume. As, as as football fans said, you know, recruiting is huge. Recruiting is going to be huge because we're into the class of 24. And right now players are, <clears throat> these recruits are just in the, they're just in that, t- you know, getting their toes wet as they get loads of offers. Soon it takes that next step. If it's an offensive player, it's a, if it's a quarterback, they're going to want to know the quarterback coach. They're going to want to know the offensive coordinator. And if you don't have someone there, that's a problem. So you need to get this done soon. I'm hoping within the next five days. I mean, it's not as dire as folks think because you have time. Yes, you're recruiting, but right now is a dead period in recruiting. So there's not a ton that they can be doing. They can't initiate. The coaches can't initiate contact with recruits. They can't have them on campus. They can't do any of that right now. So it's okay that BC is taking the time. They're just BC right now, <clears throat> excuse me, is working out. That's all they're doing. <clears throat> and then March 1st is when I think it's March 1st is the first spring game. I mean, spring practice. That is when you need to have a guy in and, and preferably you want a couple of weeks so they can learn the playbook, talk to Athley, you know, get on the same pages in terms of preparing for spring ball as, as some of the other coaches. So that is, that's kind of just the timeline. So again, Worst case scenario, someone on the staff that's already been there. Best case scenario, someone outside of the staff with sp- with college experience that can really freshen up this program. And then Rod Chudzinski, Rod Chudzinski somewhere in the middle.
What do you think? Hit me up in the comment section right now. And if you're not on YouTube, go to the go to YouTube, find Locked On BC, hit that subscribe button and comment as well. I love hearing what you have to say. Uh, we have a great comment section now. Uh, full of some great BC fans and folks that just want to talk more about BC sports and have concerns. So join us up there. All right. In our final segment, Jeff Halfley in his, in two out of his first three years has had an Achilles heel on two of his teams. I'm going to look at what those were and what I think could be the Achilles heel in 2023. You're going to want to hear what concerns I have in just a moment. This is Locked on BC, AJ Black. We're talking BC football, and we're looking at 2023. 2021, two years ago, we had a lot of expectations, and they were dashed mainly because BC lost their quarterback, Phil Dracovic, in the third game of the season, and he never was 100% for the rest of that year. And they did not have a backup quarterback. Dennis Grossell, who we had on this podcast, you can go into the, the archives and find it, one of my favorite interviews. He's amazing to talk to. He struggled. And even he said in, a, in his uh, in a, his interview with us, he, he knew he had a hard time. That torpedoed 2021. They ended up at six and six and, and COVID ended up killing off their um, bowl game. 2022, we have talked about this until our face goat turns blue, was the offensive line. Look, it as much as folks want to blame other things, I, for me, it all revolves around the fact that the offensive line couldn't do anything from, you know, forcing the defense to stand on their head to the offensive uh, quarterbacks getting killed to no run game at all. Kind of to me starts with that offensive line. And that was their Achilles heel last year. Now this year they've addressed the offensive line. And I feel like the depth at offensive line feels pretty decent. We've talked about that on previous episodes. My concern where I think BC might slip this year has been an issue that has been plaguing Boston College since the Steve Adazio days. And it's that backup quarterback position. Now, earlier, I said that they had been trying to land a backup quarterback with experience in the transfer portal. Mike Wright from Vanderbilt was someone that they had on campus. He, he played last year. He was a starter for Vanderbilt. That would have been nice to have is a backup quarterback who uh, had SEC experience. That would have been nice, but they didn't get him. Now we're heading into spring ball and you have to wonder who's going to be the backup because if Emmett Moorhead goes down, they gonna, they're going to, they can't just quit. They're going to have to have someone that goes out there. And to me right now, that is a giant question mark. Now, if you looked if you looked at the depth chart last year, your backup would be Matt Weave. A, uh, I believe he's going to be a junior, maybe right, uh, he might be a sophomore, out of St. Xavier in Ohio. He was a late commitment to BC in 2020. Not a huge offer list. We'll have to, I mean, you, you'll have to wait and see. The, now, as I've said, and I want to make sure that folks that are new to this, you know, I cover Boston College, but practices are closed. They don't do live scrimmages. The only time you really get to see it is some pieces of practice in the spring game. I have not gotten to see much of Matt Weave. I have to admit, I don't know what he can do. And the bigger question mark is Peter Delaportis because he didn't play in the spring game last year. At least I saw Weave there. Peter Delaportis, all I saw at practice was him doing drills. I don't know what he can do. He's a 
big dude. He's like 6'4". He's huge. Uh, but he's only going to be a redshirt freshman. But that didn't stop Emmett Moorhead, too. So he could be the solution. Jacoby Robinson, I, I don't know. I mean, he's from Texas. He's going to be a freshman this year. He's an, I don't believe he's a gray shirt, so he's going to have another summer. I mean, the odds of a true freshman coming in over the summer as someone on your depth chart, chart is pretty slow. Pretty low, excuse me. Because it take, takes time for these kids to learn the speed of the college game, to catch up, to learn the playbook. I don't think he's going to be the answer. So basically at this point, you have two options because uh, Dalen Menard transferred out. You have Matt Weave and you have Peter Delaportis. Who has the higher upside? It's Delaportis. Delaportis absolutely has a higher upside. But we we have to wait and see. I mean, Weave has an extra year, I believe, on Delaportis. So that's a positive, but I don't know. All I know is that I just, and the fact that I don't know is why I'm, because if, if Moorhead goes down, we've got to figure that out. But Moorhead was waiting last time, but I mean, let's not talk about what he looked like in 21. It looks very different than he looked like in 22, but there's always the other card that could be turned over folks. As I get concerned about this, it's also important to note that the transfer portal is not over yet. And in fact, it, it's running differently. If you don't remember, it just closed. I think it was February 1st. That was the end of the first transfer period. It p- Players can still go to new schools now. So if there's a player in the transfer portal, BC could still land them. And at any time right now, they can still land them. But a player can't enter the transfer portal until the end of spring practices. Okay? So... There is always the potential that, as I said, fingers crossed what you want for next year is an experienced quarterback behind Moorhead. Someone that can, you know, either push him or be there in case he gets hurt. There's always the potential that BC could go out there and land another transfer. I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Just the way that their depth chart is, is filled. But maybe Della Portis is the answer. We'll, we'll get a... I'm excited to see what he looks like in the spring game this year. See what he can do. Kind of say, you know, um, you know, if he's, if he's starting to pick up the speed of this offense, because he's got the physical tools to be really exciting, but we'll have to wait and see now on tomorrow's show, Virginia tech beat basketball game. Uh, we'll give you all the recaps on that. You know, cross your fingers for that offensive coordinator news. I have been dying to get it to you um, and everything else that's it, that that's coming out. But We'll, we'll get into that on tomorrow's show. This is AJ Black. Follow me if you have not done so already. I'm closing in on 8,000 followers on Twitter. You to join me as well at AJ Black underscore BC. Again, I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider. If you are not a subscriber right now, you're missing out, folks, because I have been talking to a ton of recruits, and it's for premium subscribers. It costs you like you know a cup of coffee a month. Um, and you can get awesome BC coverage. I've got kids talking about visiting. You're going to want to know about, there's a kid from New Hampshire that uh, com- coming up that I think you're going to really want to know about a 6'3 wide receiver. Uh, just join up on Eagle Insider. Uh, and I think if you sign up right now, you can get pre- uh, Paramount Plus as part of your subscription too. Just check out the details. Um, to read, the, read the fine print before you do it though, okay? This is AJ Black. Thank you all so much. We'll see you all again soon. Have a good one.